Alright, so we're going to start now. Uh, this is uh, part three in our second series of the Imel Che. And um, today we're going to start the Ashkofa. Today we're going to start some of the Shilas that are not necessarily La Halacha, but are very much La Ashkofa. Uh, two Agdomas. Agdoma number one is, and we said this also by the Halacha, and this is very true, that everything we're saying really requires, in other words, each and every question that we say, whether it's halacha or today's hashkofa, and particularly today with halacha, requires a shebifne atzmoi, requires its own she, perhaps 45 minutes to an hour on each question, to understand the basics, to go through the idea, to see where it's coming from, to go through the details. I got an email today, for example, from one of the shailas that we asked about Mazonis uh, in our first she. And it was mentioned and somebody said, well, in that case, if you take, you know, rolls and, I guess, burn them so they become crunchy, does that mean now it becomes a mazonis? The obvious answer is no, without going into detail. But I, I, as I explained to him on the email when I answered him is, you know, really that question and every question does require a lot of background knowledge. And, you know, we do that during the Halacha Sheh. We try to go from the Gemara all the way down to the Gedolei Postgum and understanding the details. But uh, these sorts of Shurim are just to give us a little bit of a taster into what other people ask, into questions that nev- we never even thought were questions, um, and that's important. And another, a second Hagdama, to specifically to today's share, is that the reason that I'm picking some of the ones that I'm going to say, even though there were others, and I apologize to those that I'm not mentioning, but the reason why I'm picking specifically these is because I do believe that these ones are lessons for ourselves. They may not be exact questions that apply to us, but they are very much ideas that can can be applied to our lives, which is why I specifically want to mention these ones. Um, and again, each and every one of them requires an hour share to go through it properly, but just to give a little bit of a taster. Okay. Okay, we'll start with the first question of today. Bechvoid Rabbi Wiesenfeld, I want to thank the Rav for Shurim on Torah anytime, as they provided me with abundance of chizik be'emuna. Thank you very much. I get chizik, by the way, from the reason why I, I just pushed, I get chizik from it. It gets keeps me going, and all the hours of preparation. Sometimes it's like, okay, is anybody listening? Does anybody really care? And then all of a sudden, you get like an email, like, thank you so much, and you've changed my life and everything. And it's like, whew, okay, fine. You know, you never know. I mean, I'm sure even if you know, there's people that don't write, but they don't have to. No one has to write, but it just gives me personally chizik. What can I do? I'm a human being. Anyway, let's continue. I'm a posher of Yaakov girl who has a brother that is mentally ill. During this quarantine, I have spent excessive amounts of time with him at home and find it very difficult to act with patience and not to lose my temper with him. I know that special needs children have a special neshama, but I'm having a very hard time treating him with the honor and respect that he deserves. I would highly appreciate some chizuk so I can grow from this experience and not chas v'sholem the opposite. Thank you once again. You understand that such a question requires a lot of understanding and detail and background information, but I, I just want to mention one point, because I really want to get, um, you know, trying to get in as many questions as I can today. We have to understand, and I think everyone does, but it's sometimes good just to hear it again, like the Mesut Sushram says in Akdoma, that many of the things he writes are just, you know, things that we know, but it's good to hear them sometimes. And that is, everything the Rabban Shum does is Bashkocha Protest. Every single detail in the world is, is set up in a specific way Bashkocha Protest. When the, the whole coronavirus hit, so everyone was affected in a different way. There are those people, for example, that had businesses that went down. There are those people that in yeshiva, that couldn't go to yeshiva. People in koilol, people in marriages, people who were meant to get married. People, 
lots of things. And at the end of the day, the Rabboni Shalom had all of that planned out, and everything was in a map, Kaviyochel, in front of the Rabboni Shalom, as set up as the grand plan of what will be for this coronavirus results. And everyone was taken into consideration, everyone was taken into account, because that's how the Rabboni Shalom runs the world. So number one, the reason why this girl has this brother is not only for her, because that's the family she grew up in, but it's more that there is a lesson to be learned from that. You know, Rav Victor Miller, Zatzal, used to always say that when we observe on others an unfortunate situation, then we have to realize, said Rav Victor Miller, Zatzal, that the Rabbon Shalom is specifically pointing it out so that we can be thankful that we have been spared from it. For example, he brings a simple example which applies to all of us. You're driving on the, on, on the road and you see a car broke down. Wh- why did I need to see that? The answer is A, the Rabboni Shalom specifically put you at that place at that time so you would see that car that's broken down. And what would your reaction be? Your reaction, okay, you could, obviously you could stop and help them, but let's say they're being helped already, but, um, or you cannot stop or whatever it is, but that's not the Nakuda. The Nakuda is what should go through your head? I feel bad for them, and Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem, that I did not have to go through that. Right? That's what Ravigda Miller said is, is basically what happens whenever we are shown something, whenever we are in an experience, whenever we are in a situation that leads to, you know, sometimes an unfortunate situation, it's so that we should be ready to thank the Rabboni Shalom and express that gratitude to Hashem from being spared that. And it's a very important perspective that we have to have in our lives in many situations that come up. And that is that Rabboni Shalom saved us from that. And what he did was to put us in the situation so that we would see that by somebody else and say, wow, I don't have to go through that. That's great. Now, now I would not, you know, I would not say this girl has to specifically say, oh, maybe I'm meant to be, you know, mentally um, challenged, and I'm not, so thank you, Hashem, even though that's a beautiful thing to do, is to appreciate our bodies, you know, to see how some children are not able to walk, some are not able to, you know, move their hands whenever they want, and to be able to express our chorus of Tov to the Rabboni Shalom, to have the ability to move. It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing, right? I'm sure many of us have heard videos over the last few months from corona victims who said that they appreciate every breath that they take. Somebody called me this afternoon, right? He said, every single day is my birthday. Every day is a birthday. It's incredible. So, number one, as Ravigda Miller writes, there's no question, there's no question that everything we are shown is mina shamayim. And therefore we should view that as an opportunity to thank Hashem for being spared that. There's also a very interesting Loshan in the Shlach HaKadosh. The Shlach HaKadosh in Mesech Psochim brings down, I'll quote you the Loshan, Ha'olam nivra baratzen k'day lehetiv lenivroim. Says the Shlach HaKadosh, the entire creation was created, so we have the ability to do good for others. That's what we are. We're basically bringing Hashem's toiv into the world. And therefore... Again, not negate to all of us, but just to get the perspe- perspective, this girl that perhaps didn't spend so much time with her with her brother that was ill, right? She's out, she's working, she's studying, whatever she may be doing, and all of a sudden quarantine comes and she's at home with that 
So obviously, uh, she's being shown that from Hashem in a higher degree. But more than that, now she's able to utilize that incredible bracha that the Rabbi Nishlam has given her, and that is to give to somebody else when you never get back. And that, by the way, is the highest madrega. We know this, for example, from Hilchot Staka. In Hilchot Tzedaka, what is the highest madrega of charity? When you give to someone and you won't get back. How do you not get back? When, for example, you give them a job. So they're not giving anything back, you give them a job. Or let's say, for example, you don't even know who they are, and they don't know who you are. So you're not going to get back from them, they're never going to repay the kindness, but that's the highest level. That's the highest level, because you're doing a chesed, or for example, being malava a mace. Dealing with a mace is a tremendous chesed. Why? Because that mace is not going to do anything back for you. So this girl has an opportunity to work on her character. And that's obviously the reason why the Rabban Shum gave it to her. Because every Nisoyen that we have is given to us that we can work on ourselves. That we can become better people. That we can become stronger people. And I've often said this to people who go through various Nisoyenists. Um, as I mentioned to you, I had to call that, uh, that unfortunate fellow who lost his second wife and who unfortunately had lost his father as well. And I spoke to him recently. I spoke to him on Friday on Erev Shabbos. And um, this is one of the things that I mentioned, you know, amongst many is that, you know, when the Rebunshan gives us a test, number one, it means that we can cope with it and we can overcome it. But number two is that when we do overcome it and we do work on our media we don't work on our character, we actually become stronger people. We become stronger than the people that didn't work on it, that didn't even have the Nisoyen. Now everyone has their Nisoyenus, right? Now Mishra famously says, Everything's a Nisoyen. So this... The girl is going through an assignment of being with her, uh, her ill brother, and it's very, very hard for her. But what she should look for it, she should look at it as a unique opportunity to be able to grow. And I think she understands that, but it's difficult. And you know what? It is difficult. And that's fine. It's allowed to be difficult. It's allowed to be hard. And you know what? We're all allowed to have bad days. There's nothing wrong with that. The Rabbani Shalom gave us our neshamas. He gave us our guf. He gave us our qualities, our positive and our negatives. Everything's in there from the Rabbani Shalom. He understands us. He created us. And therefore, he doesn't expect something that we are not capable of doing. Okay? So, again, <laughs> I, I tip the iceberg, if even that. Just to give an idea, and when I answer these shadows, I also try to get, have everyone in mind as well that how we can all grow from this. Okay, the next email is not the first email of this type, and it definitely won't be the last of this type. And throughout my travels, uh, you know, when I go to America, around in America and Canada and South Africa and England and around there, it's just all this is a very, very common problem. Um, not exactly in what, in, in what the email says, but the general idea. And I think this is a very, very important idea. Lechvayd Rabbizenfeld, first I'd like to thank you for all the chizik you're providing for me and for the entire Klali soil during these trying times. I really enjoy your classes. I have a question that I hope I can express through writing and Rabbizenfeld will be able to shed some light. I'm in, the twent- uh, I'm in the 12th grades, attending a high school for top girls. Okay, that means she's around 18 years old. In a top school. Teachers view me as an earnest student, someone who values Torah, very connected as well, as a very hard worked on person with great shifas. And yes, on the outside, I guess it's hard to see one's inner struggles. Modesty in Derek Eretz is not something I struggle with, and therefore giving me a great look to the outside world. I'm also a deep thinker who comes up with great questions during class, which I guess makes my teachers seem as if I'm connected. But who am I really? Honestly, I think you're probably the only one who will be knowing this right now. 
I feel totally disconnected. I feel that it's as if I daven, but I'm not really gaining anything. I learn Torah, but that too doesn't help. I take on Kabbalahs, but feel that these small things are bringing me closer to Hashem. Therefore, I end up dumping most of these Kabbalahs after a while, and I feel I have no self-growth since I've entered high school. And what pains me the most is that I have a fake image being displayed to the outside world. The type that some of my friends joke that I'm a Robertson. It's so hard for me, I just yearn to be connected. I search so many Shurim on Torah anytime, expecting to find the right one. I imagine others feel this way too, but I guess I'm wrong. It pains me so much, because I really want to grow. How can I gain connection? Why am I so lost? How can I ultimately reach the level of greatness in the way many view me? I know it's a very difficult time, but if I've reason for can please respond. If appreciate, uh, appreciate it profoundly, respectfully. Okay. That's an incredible email. First of all, the fact that somebody had the courage to write that. You know, okay, I don't know who she is and it doesn't make a difference, but just to be able to put that and express that into words is incredible. And the way, you know, the way that she writes that, I guess I'm wrong, no one else feels that way, that is very not true. And many, many, many feel that way. Or, I'll say better, many experience this without actually feeling it because they never thought about it. It's unfortunately something that I do believe, and I, like I said to you, this is not the first email I've had. Right, uh, people often ask people. Something you know, someone sometimes uh, say to me, you know, how is it that the gedolim are so well connected? Right, how is it Rav Gershon can answer Shailas on kids of the derech? How does he know? He's ninety something years old. He understands kids of the derech. Come on, seriously. How do Rav Aaron Leib understand smartphones and what it does to the generation? And the answer is simple. When I mean, a godel has das Torah, and, and therefore he's able to look with the Torah lens in his eyes, as opposed to you know many of us who are just looking at the uh, the way that we see the outside world and the street and all the influences that we've been brought up with. These gedolim were only brought up with the Torah, and therefore they have a Torah look. But it goes deeper than that I also believe apart from the, the Das Torah and the Yaseh the Shemaya and the tremendous Koyach Torah that they have but it also is because they get a lot of Shilas and when they see the Shilas that they're getting that sort of gets them connected because they see how relevant it actually is and I, I you know and I, and I see this very much as well um, from many many emails and I think even more is that from dealing with people and that is particularly this Nakuda and that is exactly that that people feel very disconnected I um, received a phone call on Erev Shabbos from a fellow in L.A. And he says to me that um, he saw a guy, he knows a guy, whatever it is, a massive masmid. Mamish, the guy's incredible. 15 hours a day of learning. Wow, incredible. He said to him, when do you ever think of Hashem? He says, I, I don't have time, I'm learning all day. He said, that's the mistake. And I have to tell you, um, whatever, he, was, he called me for a different reason, but... I mentioned to him that this is something that I can see coming in from emails and dealing with people. This is a major struggle. This is a major lacking in the generation that many people are lacking. They don't even, some people don't even realize they're lacking it. Those that are, those that do realize, are already lucky because they realize that they have a problem. Rabbi said there are so many people who are disconnected. This is something that I really want to work on. And uh, I actually mentioned it a little bit, Beremis to Yitzi, that uh, something that I actually want to start a uh, want to start a series on, a series on connecting to Hashem, living with Hashem, because I believe it's something that every single one of us have to work on. And um, anybody want to sponsor that video? Let me know. But I want to I want to answer the email with basically three words, if I may. Okay, now oh, you understand it's a serious email and it needs an hour's share. But just to answer it in maybe three words, 
These would be my three words. Talk to Hashem. That's it. You know, if you've got a problem with a relationship, for example, imagine you have a problem with your parents. Ah, you have people like that, right? I recently dealt with someone who's, uh, who's unfor- very unfortunate. His mother died a number of years ago. His father remarried. And he was having a real tough time with his father. His father now has remarried, has a new life. What should I, you know, it's, it, was, it was really bad, really, really bad. And I wanted to fix it up. And I said, listen, there is only one way you could do it. Is to sit down with your father and have a real conversation with him. It might take time, but you will get there. Right now, he enjoys an incredible relationship with his father and with his stepmother. It's unbelievable. And, and I believe that is the key to every relationship. We've spoken about that in the marriage show on Wednesday nights. But this is the key to relationship with Hashem that many, many people just, just miss out. They just miss out on this. Where, where, are you talking to Hashem? And if you have a relationship with someone, do you not talk to that person you have a relationship with? You can have a relationship with your wives. Do you have a relationship with your boss, with your roommate, with your parents, with your brothers, with your nephew, whatever? I assume the answer is anyone that you have a relationship with, you talk to. Rabbi, let me ask you a question. Do you talk to Hashem? When was the last time you talked to the Rabbi Nishalaylam? Don't tell me, what do you mean? I'll tell you the Chofetz Chaim. The Chofetz Chaim says in the Kutim Amorim, in the end, if I remember correctly, in Perak Yud, writes, it's not enough. Says the Chofetz Chaim, davening three times a day, Shemana Esra, that's when we actually talk to Hashem. The Chofetz Chaim said, it's just not enough. He need to learn to talk to Hashem. And Shishon Pinkas was, was, was unbelievable in this. This is all he talked about. Talk to Hashem. You're about to make a cake. If you're a woman, talk to the Rabbi Nishalon. You're about to do a business deal or go to work and make some money. Talk to the Rabbi Nishalon. You're about to cross the road. Talk to Hashem. Develop the relationship. That's what it's all about. The Chavis Salavavis and in, in uh, Shara Avodis Kim is full of this. Maybe it doesn't say the words talk to Hashem, but this whole Avodis uh, uh, of the Rabboni Shalom is not necessarily with, with the actions. Yes, you're putting on tefillin. Beautiful. Yes, you're wearing tzitzis and you wash Negelvasa and you bench. That's incredible. But those are mitzvahs you do with your guf. Do you serve the Rabboni Shalom with your head? Do you have a relationship with the Rabboni Shalom? That's incredible. And, and, and I would say to this girl, you're not really here trying to, you know, make a life and live a life according to what others perceive you. It's about who you are. It's about knowing who you are. Why are we in this world? What are we here to do? Every effort that you make is noticed by the Rabboni Shalom. The Rabboni Shalom sees our struggles. He knows how hard it is. He sees what's going on in the world. But he understands it. And therefore, when we come along and we say, Rabboni Shalom, we want to come close to you. He knows that. The Balatanya, the Aliga Balatanya. Rabbi Zalman, he used to say that every Yid has an intrinsic d- desire to be one with the Rabbi Nishlam, and it comes from Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. And, and, and he points this out, and he says at the time of the Spanish Inquisition, there were Yidin who were not, they didn't even keep the Torah and the mitzvahs, but they chose to die by being burnt to death rather than reject Yiddishkeit. Why? Because they wanted to become close to Hashem. They didn't understand how to keep mitzvahs. They didn't know what it means to learn Torah. Okay, it wasn't their fault. But at the end of the day, every year deep down wants to, he yearns this closeness. And you can see this from the email. You can see how desperate she is. How can I get connections? I really want to grow. It pains me. Look at the lashoness that she writes. are incredible. And, and I believe that so many of us struggle with this. But we have to realize, and I really believe, 
that amongst many things, the very first step that we need to take is to learn to talk to Hashem. Is to learn to have a relationship with the Rabbi Shalom by talking to Hashem. Talk, talk, it's poshant. Talk to the Rabbi Shalom. that's what it's all about. Start living with the Rabbi Shalom. It's a series I told you, I'm starting to work on Be'ezus Hashem. If I get down to it quickly, then Yitzi will help me, and Be'ez Hashem will start releasing the videos. And I think that, you know, together, right, we all need Chizik in this, that together we can work on this. And I think this girl would, would help just from hearing those words, talk to Hashem. And I really want to do this because I really believe it's a major problem that many people, so you should know, if you're listening, you're not alone. There's many people out there, you just have to try. You just have to talk to the Rabbi Nishlalem. And, and I, would, I would dare to say that there are many people who are from religious Jews, who keep the Torah, who do all the mitzvahs, who medatik the mitzvahs, that never in their life talk to the Rabbi Nishlalem. It reminds me of that story that we, we've said many times, of that the Yid that was standing by the Kaisal. And um, someone, I think Rosh Hashanah said over the Maisa, he, he was listening to him. He was literally telling Hashem over his day, Right? He was saying, oh, and today I did this, and then I went there, and afterwards I went to that place, and I said, oh, no, no, I already, I already told you that, and he went back. Now, that's what, we would, that's what we would say when we're talking to somebody else. We'd have a conversation, we'd be like, oh, I think I told you that this morning. Would we say that when we're talking to the Rabbi Shalom? Do we really talk to Hashem? And again, I'm not talking about Shmanesa. This is not a Tvilashe. This is talking about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, after Mencha, before Mencha, whenever. We're about to go to sleep, when you wake up in the morning, when you're walking on the street, whatever you're doing. Start to learn to develop, develop, develop a relationship with the Rabbi Shalom because it's an incredible idea. Okay, again, we'll have to go on, on with that subject. And I told you, but Ezra, I'd like to work on the series. Anybody that wants to sponsor the series, please let me know. And the Ezra Hashem will start uh, dealing with that because I believe this is one of the most strongest topics that we have to work on as Yidden. And it's, it's in the Chavis Salavos, it's full of that. But like I said, it's even in the Chavitz Chaim, it's even in the Chazanish, and it's, it's all over the place. Okay, let's move on because we haven't got that much time. Uh, let's try to do a few more. Okay, email. I know this fellow, great yid. Does it make sense that a guy should hold off dating till he has a stable job and a decent income since he won't be supported once he's married? Great question. Very, very Nagaya question. I've been asked this a few times by people. Um, I'd say the answer is, listen, num- number one, you have to understand, I, I had a boy, for example, that was in, at still in Shaduchim, um, and he did not want to get ma- go, go in Shaduchim until he had a decent job. Now, Corona came along, and he, he basically scrapped that, and the reason for that is because I think everyone understands, Corona is not a time that you could be mapped on, oh, what job do you have? Because it's Corona, say, Malasan, you're going to have the best job in the world, and you lost it. So, therefore, I, I, I don't know if you have to wait depending on how mature you are, depending on, you know, what your Rebbeim say, when you should start, whatever, which is obviously more of a personal question. But, you know, being that that's all taken care of, so I don't know if you need to have a decent income coming in. I think what you need to have is a plan. I think what you need to have is show the girl, not just to show the girl, but to show yourself that you are mature enough, that you have a job, and that you're looking to find a job, or you're on the way of getting a job, or you're training for a job, or whatever it may be, right? Obviously, you need to start with money, so maybe you could, could be you should have some kind of job to start with, but you should tell her, listen, right now I'm doing this just to to start with, so some, some money should come in, but I have a plan because I'm studying, or I have contacts, and eventually I'll be able to get a, a different job, and therefore that will be answering that. Okay, but again, that's a little bit of a personal question. Um, let's move on. Two more emails that I want to get to. Um, hi, Rebbe, I've been always, I've always been into the gun sport. And lately I really got into it possibly because it's the summer and I have space to shoot. Or 
I assume in a safe place, or because there are good gun sales now. Either way, I like to shoot. Like yesterday, I shot 600 rounds, together with my brother, at different targets and fake pigeons. Okay. My question is, is shooting a sport that a yid should not do? Like a shkofek, does it make a person into an angry person, or give them the middle of cars? I know how lucky there's nothing when we're shooting at targets, but what about al-sashkofa? So he's correct. He's obviously heard the share. We spoke about this in Shinta Zayn and Orachayim where we discussed the idea of a Yid going hunting, which is definitely Moshe of Leitzim, and it's not right, because we don't just kill animals for no reason whatsoever. Uh, I got a similar shot to this from a fellow over here who lives in Vayakov. He says, he calls me up, he says, Rebbe, can I buy a gun? I'm like, whoa, what does that mean? He said, no, I really want to buy a gun. I live in Nivayakov and I'm worried of the Arabs. I'm like, okay, what does your wife say about this? Hoping as he would tell me, oh, my wife thinks it's a terrible idea. Said, no, no, my wife's actually been pushing me for a long time. I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess if you, I said, you know how to use a gun? He said, what do you mean? I was in the army and whatever. Anyway, so no problem, right? If he wants to feel better, if he feels safer, Taka, it could be, could be Nagaya. So he was allowed to do that. But I would say that, you know, you know, I don't know about buying a gun, maybe a different thing, but just going on a, a little bit of a spree, borrowing a gun, or they do shooting, for example, in different places. Different yeshivas do these things, for example. They go shooting with the guys. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I even know a yeshiva once that did a very interesting thing. They went like axe throwing, something similar to that, right? That's interesting. How many people throw axes? You know, it's not much of a Yiddish sport to do, right? But uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because it's not like you're buying an axe and start, you know, trying it on things. You just, it's just a, it's just a little bit of an outlet. It's something you're doing every so often in the summer, whatever. I don't think there's any problem with that. Even also, Shkof, as long as obviously you're not killing animals. Because even killing animals is only not also, it's a Moshe of Leitzim in you. Okay, but I say one last before we run out of time because we're already a little bit over time and I want to keep the guys. I want to thank you again for all your wonderful, clearly explained shurim. I have a question which I hope you can help me with. As we know and try and believe, everything that Hashem does is for the good. Our hardships in life. My question is, does Hashem make us think things or is that part of the nature of life meaning? Can can say, why didn't I think of that last week, etc., then it could have helped. Or the reason you didn't think of it is because Hashem didn't want you to think of it, because it wasn't meant to be. And that's part of the master plan. I appreciate your time. May Hashem give you the courage to inspire so many people. Amen. Koltov. So, I think a lot of this we answered already in the first in the first email answer, and that is everything the Rebbeinu shows us is Bashkocha Protis, and there's a purpose for it, even if we don't understand it, even if it makes no sense to us, and it's not negated to us, but there is a purpose for it, and therefore, yes. There's another thing as well as we, I don't know if we can excuse it, everything is saying, well, I didn't think of it, therefore it's not negated. No, sometimes we were meant to think of things, right? The Chavis Salvovis is again full of this. Learn to see things, learn to see things in the Bria, learn to see things in the events of our lives, learn to see them and then translate them because everything that happens is from Hashem. The problem is most people are not thinking about Hashem, but that's that going back to our second answer of the email. So I, I, I would say to this fellow over here that yes, everything does for the good, and um, Hashem makes us think certain things, but I think also we have to learn to think other things as well. And yes, if we if we miss something, I guess you can't really blame it on us, but uh, everything's Bashkocha protest. We don't go back to say, oh, rewind, what would have been, what should have been, what could have been. We deal with what, what we have, and the Rebbeinu will give us the Ahdish Maya Be'ez Hashem. Okay, Gavaldik.